Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 123 called Amy R. Today's episode is sponsored by Medfertil by Elon Healthcare. Elon Healthcare is a small, women-owned and led Canadian business dedicated to the research and development of natural health supplements for male and female reproductive health. Medfertil is a once-a-day prenatal dietary supplement for couples planning to or struggling to conceive. This prenatal is enriched with vitamins and minerals, scientifically proven to increase your chances of fertility. The Medfertil for men and women combo package is on sale now. So if you're planning for a healthy pregnancy and you want to start Medfertil today, go to elonhealthcare.ca and use code ALLISON15 for an extra 15% off. Again, that's elonhealthcare.ca, E-L-A-N healthcare.ca and use code ALLISON15, A-L-I-S-O-N-15 for an extra 15% off. Thanks Medfertil. Okay, guys, today I'm going to tell you about one of our episode sponsors, which is called Green Chef. It's the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped so you can spend less time stressing and more time enjoying the delicious home-cooked meals. I can vouch personally that Green Chef is super easy and delicious. The other day, I made a recipe called veggie and bean stuffed peppers. Everything came portioned out in the box. The instructions were really easy. And 30 minutes later, I was eating a yummy, low-carb, plant-based meal. I also had leftovers. So guys, give it a try. Go to greenchef.com slash infertileaf100 and use code infertileaf100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash infertileaf100 and use code infertileaf100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well. Thanks, Green Chef. Okay, guys. So let me tell you about my guest today. Her name is Amy, and she is a journalist and a writer who lives in Brooklyn. She is a mom, and I'm not going to tell you how many babies she has because there's kind of a surprise twist at the end of this story, but she's going to get into all of it with us today, talking about IUIs, feeling really brushed off by doctors at certain points in her journey, an ectopic pregnancy that she went through, and then seven rounds of IVF and what happened. So I will leave it at that and let her do most of the talking. So without further ado, this is Amy's infertility story. My friend Amy, it's so good to talk to you today. Hi, yes, so good to talk to you. How's it going? Ah, oh, good. It's good. a beautiful, funny day. It's yeah, it's going well. I know you've written a lot about your what you've been through and your fertility yeah. journey. You haven't talked about it much, so you told me before you were a little bit nervous, and I was like, "Well, you should be because I'm <laughs> going to make this really hard for you." Um, very totally. negative like journalism. Taking deep breaths before. Oh. Our call. <laughs> No, you are in such a safe space. So let's start with 
you know, did you always want to have kids? Like, what were you like growing up? I did. I, you know, it's kind of like, I did want to have kids, but in a very like vague way. Like, I guess I sort of assumed I would. And like, I have an older sister. And when we were little, we used to play moms and we would like dress up and take care of our babies. And that was like our go-to game. And it was, so. I feel like as an adult, I wasn't like, counting the seconds until I could have a baby, but like, I just assumed I would. And it really wasn't until, you know, like you learn so much about yourself through the whole process. And like, I shocked myself with how much I wanted to be a mom, you know, as I, as as, as I started to discover that I am infertile, I basically, I, you know, I guess I had no idea how much I wanted it, but I really, really really wanted it more I than any completely relate to that. I was the same way. Like I kind of always just assumed I was, ha- would have kids. Yeah. And it wasn't until I wasn't able to have my second one that I was like, Oh my God, I've never fucking wanted something more in my life. Like, and I, it was the same thing. Like I was like, Whoa, that surprised me. Completely. You know, like, I mean, I love being a mom, so that doesn't surprise me, but it was just like the intensity of it, like the intensity of, of it. Yeah. The single mindedness yeah. of it. Um, yeah. So tell so, me what happened when you started to try. So fast forwarding quite a bit from playing yes. mommy with your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So my husband, we were both 30 when we got married and I think we, we were kind of like, all right, we'll be uh, married for a year and then we'll start trying. And then a couple months shy of a year, I was like, all right, let's get the show on the road. And I went off birth control and, you know, had the like, I'm, I was 31 then. And I was like, Ooh, this is just going to be so fast. And like, right. you know, how long had you been on birth control? Was it like from 15, like me, like no. when you're like, okay. No, it was like five years. It was like four or five years. I, okay. it was a short period of time. And I, of course, expected to get pregnant right away. And mm-hmm. I didn't. And then my period just started becoming more and more irregular. And for the next several months, it just, I just had this very like erratic cycle. After a few months, I went to an OBGYN and, you know, she was kind of like, people think they're going to get pregnant right away and you're 31 and um, it'll be fine. And, you know, she was basically like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, Did you feel kind of brushed off? I felt brushed off and I felt like silly. Like I felt, you know, I'm just trying, you know, I, I kind of was like, oh, why am I, why am I here? <laughs> but yeah. I, I thought I was just trying to be responsible. And like, you know, it was weird to have like 56 day cycles before I was on birth control. My cycle was always very regular. So it was just sort of, I was sort of like, what, like, what is this? Uh-huh. So she was like, you're fine. But like, you know, anecdotally, some people try acupuncture and like, you can do that. So I was like, okay, done. And so I started seeing an acupuncturist. And I went every week. It was for like regulating my cycle okay. um, and trying to get pregnant. And did it work? Did it do anything? I enjoyed it. I love, love, love my acupuncturist. And she yeah. wound up being like a, an enormous support system for me. The OBGYN was like, you know, until you've been trying for a full year, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're not even going to like look at you basically. Right. Like we're not going to always say that. You. Yeah. Yeah. So I diligently did my acupuncture, um, for another six months. When I went back after the full year of trying, it was to a brand new 
person. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, you have lots of eggs, but you're not ovulating, um, not ovulating effectively. Mm. Um, so, so was it like a PCOS diagnosis or not? It's, it was, they said the word PCOS and kind of like danced around it. It was Mm -hmm. sort of like, this is a PCOS ish situation. Mm -hmm. And, but they, they weren't like direct about it or I kind of didn't, know what to take away from it. Um, mm-hmm. And I had never heard of PCOS before. So they were like, okay, you know, we'll do Clomid. I knew something was wrong. So the acknowledgement of like the switch to medication felt very like significant to me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because at this point I was like still, I was 32 and I was just like, what is, ha- I don't know, like what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like grateful for the diagnosis ish and like the, the pivot to medication, but it was also sort of like, whoa, okay. You know, this isn't like acupuncture anymore. This feels like we're, we're moving in a direction. I just wasn't anticipating. Right. It feels more official or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then like the last month of that, uh, we did an IUI and that didn't work. Um, and then they were basically like, okay, we can't help you anymore. And we're going to refer you to a reproductive endocrinologist, which again was like the next pivot mm-hmm. to like the big leagues. Right. Um, and it's so funny. It's like, I have this memory of like, even like way before any of this, when we first started trying, I remember like Googling fertility clinics in New York. Uh-huh. And like, this is before I had any, like, it was just, it like, still, it like sticks with me because it's, it was like this weird, I don't know if it was like an intuitive. Like foreshadowing yes. or something or yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Because at the time I was like, why am I even looking at this? But Did you have any friends that were like going through it or that had used clinics or? None. Throughout no. my entire experience, I never knew anybody. Mm-hmm who had gone through this, was going through this. Mm -hmm. It was so lonely. And I, nobody in my life. And, you know, of course I'm like in my early thirties and all my friends were getting pregnant. Totally. You're at that um, sweet spot where like everybody. Yeah. Completely. And it was, I mean, the, the isolation of it all was just like world altering we switched to a reproductive endocrinologist. He was like, okay, we're going to do, we're going to not do Clomid. We're going to do these other drugs. We'll do a couple more IUIs. When I met with him, he was like, he also was kind of dismissive. And he's like, your eggs are 32 year old eggs. And like, there's no clear problem. Like you're going to get pregnant. Like it was just very, like, I felt like being in my early thirties, almost like it was working for me, like biologically, but like in terms of the way I was viewed as a patient, I mm-hmm. felt it wasn't serving me because I felt like nobody gave me the time of day. Right, um, right. So uh, we did two IUIs there. They didn't work. And then we moved to IVF. Mm-hmm. And that was like a huge, like, you know, a huge shift. And I was like, 
this feels like, you know, again, because I had, I never knew anybody who had done IVF. I had the, I was, had the mistaken perception that it just sort of works, you know? Yes, like I think so many people think that. You know, we didn't want it, we didn't want it to come to this, but like now we're here and we're going to have a baby because we're, we're doing IVF and it didn't work. And when mm-hmm. it didn't work, I, I'm trying to think, I turned 33 over the course of that round and it was like the world, when it didn't work, it was just like the world stopped. At this point, I felt like I couldn't trust my body. And I also felt like I couldn't trust myself because I was so convinced every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I would be so sure. And then I was so wrong. That really fucks with your head. <laughs> it really fucks right? with your head. Yeah. And I'm also like, my body is fucking with me because like I should be getting pregnant. There's no, and, and so this reproductive endocrinologist had also like, uh, mentioned PCOS. And I was like, so I was like, can I stop you for a second? Like, do I have PCOS? Nobody has like, sort of, I've heard that, but nobody has really. Right. Like like definitively told you. Definitively said it or like communicated to me, like what that means. And so he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, people want, they want to know like, yes, I have this or no, I don't have this. And he's like, really, these things are like a a spectrum. So do I think you're on the spectrum of PCOS? Yes. Mm. You know, it's more, it's grayer than just yes or no. Hmm. So I was like, okay. Uh, But then with the medication and the procedures that should have like, Fixed it. <laughs> fixed it. Yeah, that should have been enough. Um, yeah. And so when that first round didn't work and, you know, like a nurse called with the news and I was at work and um, I was like sitting down for a meeting and mm-hmm. I took the, walked out of the room for the meeting and took the call and I just walked out of the building and just sobbed my little eyes out and like called my husband um, and sat in Madison Square Park on a bench and just sobbed. Oh Um, yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, what is that? What is going on? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then when I went back to work, my friends were like, should we go drink? And I was like, absolutely. So we went out and drank wine (laughs) in the middle of the day. Yes. Um, yes. In the meantime, I also like, was like, okay, I'm going to, I might have PCOS. I might not have PCOS, but I'm going to like act as though I do. And I eliminated, you know, sugar and caffeine and alcohol and, uh, soy and dairy and mm-hmm. non whole grains. And I threw out all our like chemical cleaning agents and I switched right. natural beauty products. And I just did the whole, like, I overhaul. Over, yes. <laughs> the whole overhaul I'm making over my entire yeah. life. At the end of the summer, we, we, uh, I finally like quit my job. Uh, we did a second round of IVF and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And those first two rounds they had put in, oh, and that it was actually a, that was a frozen um, transfer. We had gotten like a, a good amount of eggs from the initial retrieval. So we put in one, then we put in one. And then for our third round, we put in two and it, 
at this point they were like, you know, again, you're so young. And we were like, Oh, we're putting in two, here we go. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, I mean, what the fuck, what the fuck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, so we sat down with our doctor who like, you know, we barely ever saw, like, didn't know me. He would like walk by me in the hallways and had no idea that I was his patient. Oh, um, that's so and, like disheartening. Uh, yeah. Uh, Just feeling like a number, like a statistic. Yeah. A complete and You're like, number. we're giving you thousands. And you probably, did you have coverage at all or was it all out Yes, of we did. So that was the other thing. Like my, through, it was the best, we happened to have the best insurance policy we have, I have ever had in my life during the years that we did this. Okay. So we had, we had great coverage. So that also, like, we were very fortunate, but still like the, right. Like I know you, you, you don't know me. And, and, you know, he, he's like, was somebody that I think had been practicing for decades and felt like you couldn't, you know, he had seen it all and he knew exactly what my thing, you know, I was young and I was going to be just fine. So when we, we finally sat down with him after the third, uh, transfer did not work. And, um, he's like looking at his computer screen being like, okay, so let's see here. How many eggs do you have? How many embryos do you have left? Uh, and he was like misquoting. And I, I, I was like correcting him and I'm like, dude, you don't know, like, you don't, you don't care. You just don't care. Yeah. Um, and after we left that appointment and I was like, we're going to find, I'm going to find another doctor. So we switched clinics. I found another doctor. This was like Tim's, I would say lowest point. Um, and he, he was like, after the third one failed, he was like, no one's ever going to be able to help us. This is not like, he was just like, I, he had the completely lost. Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was not in favor of switching clinics. He was like, what, they're going to be exactly the same. I don't see any point. And I was like, no, I'm not accepting this. We are not yeah. like, uh, no. So, um, at first he was, then I was like, you don't have to come with me to meet this other doctor, but like, I'm going. So he did wind up coming and like, we sat down and this doctor who was our age. And I was like, this is so weird. I've never seen a doctor who was like my own age. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that happens more and more as you get older. Like I, yes. we were watching football and I was like, how old is this fucking quarterback? He looks like he could be my son. And like, he's like 23. And I was like, yeah, he literally could be my son. <laughs> like, it's so depressing. I know. It was very strange. I was like, I could have like, you know, partied with this guy in high school. Like, right. now he's my doctor. Yeah, <laughs> so totally. We, we sat down with him and he was like, the first thing he said, he was like, I just want to tell you, I am so sorry for everything you have been through. And it was like, I just like exhaled. I felt like he saw me. He was like, you're not just a 30 whatever year old woman, like who is going to get pregnant. Like you, you have gone through something and Mm -hmm. like, I I see you, I acknowledge you. I want, he was like, I see, I have all your medical records, but like, I'd love to hear from you. Like, can you explain it to me as you have experienced it? Oh, wow. Yes. He was so the opposite of what we had been coming from. And when yeah. I started telling him like, oh, I'm, I think I'm sort of PCOS-ish, he like stopped me and he was like, you don't have PCOS. Oh. Uh, he, he felt very like, he didn't, he couldn't tell me what I did have, but um, 
he was just like, no, that's not what's going on here. Um, so he was like a breath of fresh air. And I was just like, and, and up until this point with our last doctor, because I felt so ignored, I was constantly like researching my own things and, and kind of just like, I felt like I had to stay on top of my care it because I didn't feel like taken care of taken care of. Exactly. It's fucking exhausting, right? <laughs> it's, it's exhausting. And like, you need to be able to trust the person like that is at the helm of this situation. Right. And I am, I am certainly not qualified to be like, you know, dictating my own treatments. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I didn't trust that like he was seeing it or looking at it or thinking about it. Um, so we made the switch to this new doctor in this new clinic. And, uh, I, I, I felt like I could like let go, um, of my, the grip that I had sort of like had on this, both our previous doctor and this new doctor agreed that we should do genetic testing because nothing had ever taken that third round that I did. It was a chemical pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was the first time I had ever been any fraction pregnant, but you know, we knew it, it wasn't, I never thought I was really pregnant. It was right, okay. a, um, a low HCG number. Um, so, so our plan was we're going to, uh, do, we did a, we did a fresh stimulation and we were going to do a tra- a fresh transfer and then, uh, send the remaining embryos to be genetically tested. So we transfer, we were, we transferred one and, it was like right around Christmas time. And a couple of days after Christmas, we got the results and it was another chemical pregnancy. Mm. So it was super shitty. Devastating. And yes. Um, and then we were going to, uh, see, it was like, we were going to see Tim's family, um, for the holidays in Florida. And, uh, so we like got the results, like, you know, sobbed and, Mm -hmm. uh, flew out the next day. And so, um, while we were in Florida, I was like going to, I had to, uh, keep getting blood work done, um, because I had a, a low HCG. And so we went to like a quest diagnostics in Florida and the numbers started going up. And he went, it went up and I was like, what is this? And he was like, the nurse was like, I don't know. They were just like, we don't know, but keep coming back. And the number just kept going up and kept going up. And my doctor was like on vacation. He called me from his vacation and he's like, don't get excited. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, has this ever happened? Like a baby a real live baby is born that started out with a low HCG. Yes. But it's very unlikely. Mm -hmm. Then we come home from Florida and the number is still going up. And this is when I first heard the word ectopic. Mm. And he was like, hopefully that's not what we're dealing with, you know, but we, we don't know. We don't know what's going on then I started, I started bleeding a little bit. And so he was like, okay, come in tomorrow for an ultrasound. And he's, he saw the, he saw a sack in the right place. And he's like, this is, 
again, this is don't, he, he was just like, don't think this is your, this is not, you're not going to have a baby. Don't think this is, um, but he saw the sack where it was supposed to be. And at that point we were just like, oh, we're so relieved that it's not an ectopic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that night I started having like pain throughout my, uh, abdomen. Mm. And I was like, what is this? It just, it, it like, it was like a strange pain, but I, the, I, with an ectopic, it's really, they, they consider that it would, the pain would be more localized on one side. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't that it didn't feel like it was only on one side. It was sort of this, this like strange pain I had never felt before. Um, and it like woke me up in the middle of the night. So I went in the next morning and I was just there to get blood work done. Cause they were just trying to like trace my HCG. And so I saw, I saw him and he's like, how's it going? And I was like, I'm having like this pain. And it woke me up in the middle of the night. And he was like, no, that doesn't sound right. So he ultrasounded me and he was like, you have to go to the hospital. The, what he had seen the day before was like something called a pseudo sack, um, which looks like the egg sack, but is not, it's like basically like a ghost. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I guess because I, I had, you know, this was a fresh transfer and, uh, I had had a lot of eggs. So he's like, it, that could have just been like, um, uh, a sack where one of the eggs was that had filled up with fluid or something. Um, so anyway, it was a pseudo sack, what he had seen. And he, it looked now, it looked like an ectopic, but he couldn't completely tell. So he was like the hospital's equipment will be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to the emergency room and, and as I was in the cab to the emergency room, like the, the, um, someone from the, like the genetic testing results, someone called me with the genetic testing results. And, and I had, we had sent eight embryos and four of them were genetically normal. Um, so it was just like, so bizarre. I was like getting this other like news as I was going to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot to handle at once. Yeah. My God. Yes. Um, and also because I had just planned to like go in for blood work that morning, like I didn't have breakfast. I didn't take a shower. I was just like, I thought I was going and coming right back to my apartment. Mm-hmm. So they, at the hospital, they, I had several different ultrasounds, They still couldn't tell what it was. And, you know, but it was, it was, this was the weird part was they were treating me like I was pregnant because technically I was pregnant, Mm -hmm. but nobody, I I kept trying to like explain to them, like, I'm not pregnant. And they, the nurses were like, how far along are you? And and I could see on one of their forms, like they had written like a due date. And I had never had a due date and it was so painful mm-hmm. to see that because, and it did turn out to be an ectopic. It was to me, this was the first time I was like, this should have been a baby. This, it just wound up in my fallopian tube instead of my uterus, but like it kept growing and it kept growing and it kept, cause my numbers just kept going up and up and up. And it was like, if it had just implanted in my uterus, this would have been a baby. Right. And seeing the due date on the page, it was the first time I had ever experienced that. Um, and it, that really, 
like killed me. Yeah. So anyway, I was there all day. I was like lay on a hospital bed all day while they're trying to figure out what it was. And finally, like in the afternoon, I told Tim to like come. And then uh, there was like some expert radiologist there that like ultrasounded and he found it. It was in my right fallopian tube. Mm. So then they just like, my doctor came in, he was like, I'm going to do the surgery myself. So they just like, I like signed the papers and they just like took me in for surgery and they took out my fallopian tube and the embryo. It was very intense and Mm -hmm. strange. Um, And the experience of being in the hospital, being like treated like you're pregnant and talked to like you're pregnant. That's like soul crushing. Yeah. Was very, I just had like it, that like stayed with me. And that Mm -hmm. was the first, after that, I was, I, that was the, that was my first experience of like, I felt like I lost, it wasn't just like a cycle failed. It was like, I lost someone. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I wanted to like, something shifted for me in the hospital, like where it felt like the loss of a person. Um, yeah. And I think people, and then after the fact, friends are like, Oh, you lost your fallopian tube and whatever. And, um, nobody sort of like got that. Like I felt Mm -hmm. like I was the only one who understood what had happened. Right. But so, uh, so that was our fourth round (laughs) then. So, uh, we were supposed to go on vacation and that was in, that was like the very beginning of January. Um, by the, by the end of the month, I still hadn't like gotten a period. Um, and I'm healing and I'm like, you know, taking care of my little incisions and like, uh, trying to like be gentle on my body, but like trying to get back to normal and start exercising again. And we were supposed to go on vacation in February. Um, but I didn't want to go if, it meant we couldn't start a new cycle. So I went in to get blood work done so they could see like where I was in my cycle. And my doctor called that night and he's like, you still have HCG in your system. After that surgery, it should have gone down to zero because Uh no pregnancy left. Right. And he was like, uh, I don't know what that is, but, uh, and then like a couple days later, a couple nights later, I was like sitting on the couch and I felt this, I, I don't know how to like describe it other than just like, it, it was like pain that felt wrong. Um, like not a, not a normal, mm-hmm. um, appropriate kind of pain. And I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Um, this was like, I mean, it was like a month to the day after I had had this surgery. So, um, I called the like hotline. It was like 10 o'clock at night and like, uh, the doctor called me back and he was like, based on the fact that you have still have HCG in your system, uh, like I, you, you should come in. So we went to the hospital again and, uh, and I'm like, I don't like to take like Tylenol. Like I'm not like a medication person. So I got there and they like offered me morphine and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then like, like 
30 minutes later, I was like, yes, I want mm-hmm. the morphine. You're um, like, about that morphine. Can you just... Yeah. <laughs> Is that still available? still a thing. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um, it was like, you know, the ectopic pain was like, I don't know. It, I, it actually was not that bad. This was like, I've never felt anything like this. And it was just like getting worse and worse and worse. And, but they, they ultrasounded me. They had no idea what was going on. Um, and it's like two in the morning, three in the morning. And basically they were like, the, this doctor came in and he was like, we don't know what it is, but like, we have to go back in. And I signed these papers and because they didn't know what it was, they were like, basically like, will you give us permission to take out anything we need to take out once oh, we're in? God. And I was like. I mean, I guess so, but like, what? Like, it it was so insane. And like, Allie, the, first of all, it's like, no one could explain like the infertility in the first place. And Mm -hmm. like, nobody could explain what the fuck was happening now. Like, I was just like, like, how can there be no answers? Like, it's just that. Absolutely. it, It seems impossible that no, like you, you guys can do so much. Like, how can you not tell me anything? Totally. Um, so they, I went back in. So like I was there all night. Then at like, I guess around like 7 a.m., they took me in for surgery again. And they told Tim it would be like 45 minutes. It wound up being like, I think almost like two hours. Oh my gosh. And after the fact, when I like woke up in recovery, I said to Tim, I was like, did they take out my ovaries? Like, did they take out, what did they? And, and he was just like, no, you're fine. But like, he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't yeah. know the answer. He just was like, nope, they didn't take anything. <laughs> oh my God. Um, which they actually did not. They did not take anything else out. But so what had happened was, I guess, despite taking out my entire fallopian tube and the ectopic, there had been some like residual pregnancy cells that had been left behind. Okay. And they had attached to a cyst on my ovary and the cyst had burst. And I was having like massive like bleeding massive internal bleeding, um, which was what all the pain was about. And this doctor came in and he was like, he was basically just like, medically, that was awesome. Like, you know, he was like, it was a very unusual, like they were just, they were like, what was that? Like, it was a very unusual situation. And um, he like held his like hand up to his like chest. And he was like, the blood was up to here. And, uh, I lost like a quarter of the blood in my body. Oh my God. Um, And later that day I was like lying in the bed and like my doctor, I was on the, my doctor called and I was talking to him and he's like, and I was like in this like haze of morphine and anesthesia. And and he was like, so, uh, the, you know, you might need a blood transfusion. And like, if so, the odds of contracting HIV are such and such. And, and I was like, is this happening? Like, what is happening? What, right. like, it was so insane. I did not need a blood transfusion. They did not take out any organs. Um, but it did give me just this sense of like, I felt like the one surgery was like, that's probably good. Like it it just made me feel like the ground can and will fall out from underneath you. Right. Over and over again. Totally. And then we did a fifth round and we used uh, this, you know, now we had like these embryos that we knew were 
genetically tested. And, uh, we, he was, he was very like, this is going to work. So you should put in one, if you put in two, you're going to have twins. And he, we were just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we were like, this is our fifth round. It, it feels like we need a, we need this to work. Like, you know, we were, and we were like, we, you know, we don't want to do anything crazy, but like, he was just like, he felt strongly we should put in one. Anyway, we decided to put in like the strongest and the weakest mm-hmm. two genetically tested embryos. Why did you make that decision? Um, we were kind of just like hedging our bets. Like it was like, it felt like not, it felt like one was not enough because at this point, like the psychological impact of another failure was more than we could deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but also we were like, we don't want to have twins. So, uh, it felt like, and he was like, I understand where you're coming from. You guys have been through a lot. He, he was just like, this is it. This is going to be it. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't, we put in two genetically tested embryos and it failed. Oh my God. This and is this just is, like too much for you to this take. Is, this is, and this was just like, this is when I was like, oh my God, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. And this is when I really started, like, we got a dog. This is when it was, this was like the beginning of the end. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was the first time it had all along. I had been like, you know, we're going to get there. And then this was like, we're not like, oh my God, we're just, and also at this point I was like, it was the first time I personally felt like, I can't do this forever. There is only so much I can take. And like, for me, like, I I felt like our insurance was still covered. You know, we, we, we had this crazy insurance. So like the money wasn't the issue. I was still in my early thirties. My age wasn't the issue. We didn't have these like clear endpoints that would like tell us to stop. And so now it was like, it's going to be on us to tell Mm -hmm. ourselves when we can't take anymore. And I think it's very hard to know when to stop, you know? Totally. Um, So uh, we kind of decided like, you know, we had two genetically tested embryos left and we were like, we'll do a round with those. Maybe we'll do a fresh stimulation and try one more time. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was kind of like, we were, I was thinking like, you know, I can't just like, and at this point, you know, it's like, I hadn't been working for almost a year this was my, this was my entire life. And I was like, I can't just like one day stop doing this and like re-enter the world, like the world as I've known it. Like, I, I was just like, we have, like, if this, if what, if, and when we stop, like, we need to like, are we going to move across the country? Are we going to like Tim take a leave of absence and like travel for a few months? Like, what are we, we can't just like go back to right. who we were. This is when we like started having these sort of, and then, you know, I was like, started looking into adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like reading more about it and just sort of like, okay. Like, you know, there was a, a real degree of like, not acceptance, but like recognizing that like, that was the path we were on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we, so we had these two genetically tested embryos left and we uh, did a sixth round and I got pregnant Mm -hmm. for the first time ever 
and it made no sense just as it had never made any sense. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, like there's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes, no right? Rhyme or reason. Like it, it, nothing ever made any sense. It still didn't. Why? And like, and then like all of a sudden I was just like pregnant and, mm-hmm. and all along I was like, who is this person? Like, who is this person that like <laughs> was the one to make it, you know, like, so you had put in two, we put in two genetically tested embryos and I got pregnant with one of them. Yeah. And, um, and like that, it was like, that was that, like that. Yeah. I, um, and we like, didn't find out if we were having a boy or a girl. Um, and it was weird. It's like, after all of that, like I refused to have a baby shower. I didn't, like, even now it's like, I, 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 I self-identify more like less as a, like, I know that I am a mother, but I, for so long, it was so painful to look at all of the women in the world that got to be mothers and Mm -hmm. to feel like they all had each other and they understood each other. And like, nobody understood me and nobody like, I, I still, it's weird. It's like, I know I have children, but I don't see myself in that way. If that makes any sense. That does make sense. Yeah. Like mother to me was always like the other, you know, it was like, it was always somebody else. I think that makes perfect sense. After all you've been through, you know, and infertility never leaves you even after you have a kid. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And even now, like I, you know, before I like post a picture of like, my kid on Instagram, like, I think about the fact that like, that might be hard for somebody else to see, you know, like it, it's forever. Like, it's like that, like the treatment is over, but the, like, the scars remain, the scars remain. (laughs) Totally. I always say like, it scars your heart and it sticks to your bones. Like it's just never. And I still feel like, you know, I'll never leave this community. This is what I was like, meant to do apparently. And, you know, it's, it's just, I think that's why the people who are in this community are so like wonderful and empathetic is because this, this is like an experience, like no other, you know, it really like profoundly changes people. Truly. And like, I, it's like, listen, knowing, like listening to your podcast and like thinking of myself being home alone in an empty apartment all those months. And I would, you know, I would leave that I would leave to go to an acupuncture appointment or to the doctor's office or to my therapist. Um, but like, I would have looked forward to every Wednesday to listen to your podcast. Oh, no, but it's like that, like I, it was the loneliest place in the world. Yeah, And so I just like what you have, what you have done is like, it's really uh, amazing. Well, thank you. I'm, and I'm glad um, that you're on it now. Yeah, me too. Um, so, okay. So wait, but that's not the end of your story, right? No. So yeah. So anyway, I, that, um, I was just, the whole time I was like, who is this person? Like, I, I want to know you because you are something else. Um, and it, we had a daughter and her name's Hazel and she is something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it like, I don't know, like that it was her, somehow it like makes all the sense in the world. Um, Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Um, but were then, you ever able to relax during that pregnancy? I mean, you said you didn't have a baby shower, right? You didn't. Yep. It's like, it's, um, I think people can really relate to that pregnancy after infertility. It's just not, I mean, not to say it's not wonderful and you're not so grateful, but it's just, it's not the same. He and I both learned like what, how much we really wanted it. And like, we really, really, really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I feel lucky that we wanted it the same amount. Like neither of us ever had to like convince the other to keep going or like nobody, nobody was like, I'm ready to be done before the other. Um, right. and I like, don't take that for granted. Cause I think that's, it's a lot, it's a, it's a huge toll. And like, these were, we spent like all but one of the first years of our marriage doing this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at, you know, towards the end, my therapist was like, you know, this, you could get to a point where this is going to do like irreparable damage. And so, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, totally. Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's an intense amount of pressure, um, and stress on, on a marriage. It felt like a lark that it happened at all. And we didn't know what it would, what would it would take or what would be possible again. So we did a seventh round of IVF and this, we did a fresh transfer. We put in two, three day embryos and both took, and we have twins. Oh my God. So how did that feel to get those results? It was like, (laughs) it was, we found out, so we got the positive pregnancy test. We found out I, I was pregnant. Um, and like the number was like a little high and I was like, Ooh, uh, and Hazel at this point was 15 months old. She was still a baby. Mm -hmm. And then as the number, like, as we kept doing like those initial blood tests, like the week I was, I kind of said to Tim, I was like, like, I think we just need to acknowledge. And we, you know, we'd had so much loss and like, we put in two, several times these were untested, like Hazel's round. We had two tested ones that Mm -hmm. turned into, so, but like the numbers were high. And I was like, I think we just need to like acknowledge, like this could be twins. And he was like, (laughs) he's like, no, no. So wild. Did you do anything differently in terms of your protocol that time? I'm sure people listening are like, what did she change that? No, like, or, you know, um, the last time, like that stimulation, uh, I had almost hyperstimulated um, at the end. So he was very like uh, delicate and deliberate with the stimulation. He was like very proud of himself for the stimulation because it, I got far less eggs. Um, and like the other times I had done stimulations, I got a lot of eggs and I, I don't know that they were like great quality. Um, so this time we got like Previously, we'd gotten like 20 eggs and this time we got like eight. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that feels like it felt like, Ugh, you know, compared to the 20 that seemed so promising, but then like none of those 20 took. Right. It's not quantity um, always, right? Quality yes. Always. Yes. So this was like, we got far less eggs. And honestly, I think it was like my body, like my body had, because it had been pregnant, it knew that was the whole time. Like my body just wouldn't accept anything. And I guess because it had had the the experience, it remembered and accepted them. The right thing. It did did what it's like. That's such a cool way of looking at it. Yeah. But I mean, these were like, it was a day three, they were untested. It made 
like it was the morning of my 36th birthday. We went into get the ultrasound to see what was in there. And my doctor walks in the door and he's like, so, you know, your numbers are kind of high. And I was like, no, I know. And he's like, okay, just like, we're going to, we're going to look, we're going to see what's in there. And Tim's in the room with me and he just like does the wand and he's like, your college tuition just got a lot more expensive. Oh my God. And like it, (laughs) I still don't have the words like, right. Like, and Tim was like, holy shit. And I was like, and honestly, like part of me that day, it was like a hard day. And I was like, I've just wanted to be like a normal family and like having now we're going to have like three babies at once. Oh my God. (laughs) we're, we're, We're like, they were born, you know, they were born, like Hazel was still one when they were born. And it felt it all of a sudden it felt so, I felt so overwhelmed and like, how are we ever going to do this? It, the whole thing from start to finish was just like the craziest, like, it's so crazy. None of it, none of it made sense. Um, except other than just like, these are like our three kids and like, these are the ones, like these are supposed to be our three kids. And oh my um, God. We are not like a normal family. People are just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we're like a hot mess. Um, you ever get to comments like, wow, you're fertile or, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Which nope. is so ironic, right? Right. It's, uh, yes, certainly not fertile, but it was, it was a very messy ride and it's still kind of messy, but like now it's a great messy. Um, uh, yeah. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to Amy for this incredible story. So happy for you and the three babes. So guys, if you are looking for extra support, please come check out Fertility Rally. It's fertilityrally.com and we're on Instagram at Fertility Rally as well. It is a place for community. It's a content hub and we've curated events. So we've got support groups on Monday nights and on Wednesday nights for infertility and for pregnancy and motherhood after infertility. We would love for you guys to come and join us and check us out. We also have lots of great events coming up. So go to our website and check those out as well. You can get on our wait list to become a member. And there's lots of stuff you don't have to be a member to enjoy as well. So let me know if you have any questions. Hope to see you there at Fertility Rally. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks.